0: welcome to FFS Fast Finance Sorted, your fun 15-minute financial education podcast. I'm Martin McLeod from Financial Health Club.
1: I'm Beth, I'm from T-Sisters Accounting.
2: I'm Hilary Lewis from Winchester Corporate Finance and this episode is sponsored by Reward Finance Group. So I know I sent out in our new our little group chat earlier in the week about the BBC News app article that was on um an instant loan app scam that has uh is blackmailing the users with nudes and threatening messages um and just downright being awful and humiliating their users um it's based asia and latin america and at least 60 individuals have actually committed suicide from this uh app that's gone out so it's it's really horrible and luckily the bbc have exposed what's been going on in the call centers and the tactics they've used but we haven't actually had a chance to talk about that yet
1: it i mean it just blows my mind and it shows i suppose a the fact that you need to check so carefully who you're using for financial advice, where you're getting your money from, loans, and then it's just that the scale of sc- that scam. Well, I suppose it's not even a scam because they were getting their money, but it's it must be so terrifying to realise that these people that you've lent, like borrowed money from, and it all seems legit. You've got the money, you've done your thing. Because um, from memory, it's when they stopped paying it back that the blackmail started being used that that's an option especially if you found the company online it's not just some bloke that you know down the pub that suddenly starts charging you more and more interest or it's not like the typical gangster loan shark picture that you have in your head it just shows how scary it is and how technology has now made it even more like essential that you know who you're dealing with and who you're working with and that the people that you are dealing with especially with finance are reputable.
0: Yeah I think it's, it's becoming the scams that are are becoming more and more sophisticated aren 't they 're almost they, they look they look more sophisticated people are assuming they 're using legitimate companies um, and AI is obviously going to be a big factor in that as well they talk about the ability to almost mimic our voices and they 're worried about the older generations um being targeted by you know people pretending to be sons and daughters asking for money to be transferred to bank accounts and it's just it's, it's it's a scary scary thought. I mean financial scams have been around for years. I mean I remember when I worked in the city as a stockbroker seeing like a financial scam which I just couldn't believe because it seemed to be so legitimate and it, and it, and it wasn't. And effectively what it was was they would they would they would take a thousand clients and they would just write to 500 clients telling you to buy Lloyd's shares and they would write to another 500 saying to sell Lloyd's shares and then when Lloyd's shares went up they targeted the 500 who obviously got the first correct recommendation, and then they split that to 250 and 250, and then they told them to buy Vodafone, sell Vodafone. And then by the time somebody had had five or six correct, they would literally sell their house to invest, you know, 100,000. They thought that whoever was giving these recommendations was like a surefire winner. So if it is too good to be true, you definitely should be walking away. You know that anything that talks about guaranteed returns and anything that talks about, you know, this this idea that you know somebody somewhere is going to give you large amounts of money without really doing a lot of checks on you, it, if it sounds too good to be true, you really, really, really do need to be thinking to yourself, is this legitimate?
2: Massively agree. I think it's such a uh, you're a vulnerable point if you're at that point normally as a business owner or if, as an individual if you're using your house like your savings or you're putting up a personal guarantee against your house you are in a vulnerable position and you want to make sure that the people that you are using as you say beth are reputable are going to be looking out for your best interest because it's a it's a scary world now like everything's got so advanced as you say with the ai with the ai now and the way that you know your bank has all these different steps that say, like, "Oh, you know, is this a scam? Don't share your one-time passcode." But the the scammers are just they're just one step ahead at each time. And I think half the problem is is they pick you. It's not when you've got your head on straight. It's when you're rushing around and you're trying to, you know, I've got the cooking the cook the, did the kids' dinner and the doorbell goes and then someone phones me. It's those moments where you aren't thinking properly and you make a quick decision. And I think half the battle that most people could find that they're not getting involved in these scams in the first place, if they just take a minute to, them, nothing, no one is going to rush you. No bank is going to f- rush you to, to make any decision whatsoever. Um, and I think that is what, sometimes if you can just take stock a minute and think straight, you'll you'll spot them a little bit better than if than just going with what you're being asked to do straight away if you just don't question anything and and follow blindly it doesn't matter who it is no one if they're a reputable company no one is going to mind proving who they are explaining who they work for giving you over information to reassure you that that what they're asking for is legitimate
1: I think the fact that no legitimate financial institution is going to make you do anything urgently, no bank is going to call you and say you urgently need to move this money to a different bank account to make it safe and in the moment you'll be so flustered because they'll give you all this information you think oh my gosh but actually no bank's going to make you do anything urgently like no loan company's going to say you have to agree now or you're not going to get the money or anything like that like everything can wait 12 hours. Yeah. And and to point out, with obviously, I deal with lenders all the
2: time, and we are given an offer, and we are normally given um, a time period of when that offer runs out, whether it's a two-week offer or a a month offer, we will always let people know ahead of time that this is the offer you've been given, and this is the date that it runs out. The reason there are dates on those things are because interest rates can fluctuate and that can affect the loan product that you're getting um, but you will always be told ahead of time. So there, again, you would never have to make a rush decision. A LinkedIn legend question that's come in for us. Hi, my name's Ola me, and I'm the founder of All Things Money, a personal finance platform designed to teach young adults how to manage their finances effectively. A question I get asked a lot is how do you go about finding the best pension
0: provider when you are self-employed. thank you. I'll take that one. Um I think a lot of people get confused when they talk about pensions. I think they assume that the pension itself to set up is in some way the driver of the return, whereas pensions are just simply wrappers, so it's a bit like they're just shops, so there's lots of shops out there, it's what you buy when you enter the shop that's important. Now some shops are obviously more expensive than others, so you're not going to get the same value if you walk into a Louis Vuitton than you walk into say a John Lewis, so it's important to understand that some pensions will charge more than others, that's level investments, which most people probably won't need. And it's also important to remember that some pensions will have barriers to entry so some pensions may for example stipulate that you've got to have a thousand pounds or five thousand pounds in order to access the pension so if some pensions have no minimum criteria so you can have like you could pay in ten pounds a month or twenty pounds a month some have minimum criteria but it's a hundred pounds a month so you have to investigate all those minimums but effectively the, the, the pensions are just effectively shops so it's what you buy inside the pension that matters what are you buying what fund are you buying, what index fund are you buying, what shares are you buying, what are you, what assets are you buying that are going to drive the returns that will get you more money in the future, which is why you're opening a pension. Now, obviously, you have other pension providers that are linked specifically to getting financial advice, which are, you know, like pension providers, Royal London, your Prudential. These are companies that you would go to specifically to a financial advisor to access, whereas most people who are self-employed can access a self-employed, vested personal pension, which is called a SIP. Uh, you'll hear it talked about and it's very easy to set up. You can set these up usually in 15 minutes. There's very low cost operators out there like AJ Bell, like Interactive Investor. Try to think of other ones like Hargreaves, Lansdowne is becoming more cost effective. Um, and. There's Vanguard, obviously, which allows you to to set up a pension easily, um, and ISAs, and and pay paying a regular monthly contribution or paying lump sums. So for each person, that's unique. It depends on you know what your budget is. It also depends on what kind of investments you want to gain access to. But you have to bear in mind that a pension wrapper is simply that. It's just a shop. It's what you buy when you enter it. I think is is the best bit of, of advice I could give to people.
2: That's so helpful, Martin.
1: With pensions as well, a key thing to remember is that advice on them is regulated. So make sure who you're speaking to is actually allowed to speak about them so people ask me advice for pensions all the time i'm an accountant i'm not a financial advisor i can't tell you about pensions make sure the advice you're getting from someone is someone who is qualified to give it um the reason they had to put like make pensions advice regulated is because of again the scams i think it was 20 30 years ago where people were being told to move their pensions withdraw this much of their pensions and were losing most of their pension to these Unreputable companies that were just ripping people off so again check where your advice is coming from take time if anybody's telling you to do anything urgent especially with pensions pensions are the long game you should never be doing anything urgently frantically with your pension pot
0: yeah, there is a lot of unregulated scams, you know, designed to help people transfer money abroad, you know, supposedly to you know car parks and Spanish property schemes, and to give you access to invest in things um, that might be a marina in Spain. But these are definitely not advisable things to do. These are these are always, in my uh, experience, every single time the money is gone, you've no access to the money, you've got no claim in the money. Your your pension has been. transferred Transferred out of the country and there is no way to get the money back. So be very vigilant, um, especially when somebody is asking you to, to look at transferring a pension. If you need to transfer a pension, especially if you're transferring large amounts of money, you really do want to seek financial advice on that um, and get, get um, help from a pension transfer specialist as um, the first protocol.
2: That's the thing, isn't it? It's just having the specialists on hand. Like You need to know who you can trust in any, any finance situation, it's making sure that, you know, they, they really do know their staff and they're coming from that background that is going to, as you say, be regulated um, and professionally look after you the best way, you know, the, the, what you want someone who's going to be on your side and working for your
1: interests with scams i watched a really good episode of catfish the other week and i know you're thinking catfish beth is that even still on mtv's catfish yes it is just because max and neve have left does not mean catfish has died um (laughs) i love catfish (laughs) it's so good i mean who doesn't have a little little soft spot for Maxie because he's attractive man Um, (laughs) but (laughs) we all know what you now dream of there was a recent episode with um and it's i shouldn't laugh because it was genuinely sad with a woman who adamantly believed she was in love with george ezra that she had been speaking to george ezra that her and george were were an item they had a online love affair um and throughout the episode sorry spoiler alert throughout the episode you learn it's not george ezra um it's actually (laughs) it's actually a team scammers and um they what their their scam game was in with the information that they'd gathered from her and then called her as the bank and said oh look we it's the ford team we've seen you've had this uh loan taken out fraudulently in your name transfer it to this bank account to make sure that the fraudsters can't get it it's our secure holding account so the money will be safe um and then we can address everything for you And obviously, the bank account that she's moving it to isn't the bank's safe account. It is this fraudster's bank account. And so because she's… but it's identity theft, it's them stealing money, it's all sorts of things. And it is terrifying, because when I heard it, I was like, oh my goodness, I was expecting her to just be sending George Ezra £2,000 cash. No, it's it's even worse than that. They're taking… they're affecting her credit rating, they're stealing her money, all that sort of stuff. And it's just… it's wild to me that scams like this exist like you know how much did she end up in the hole with for i can't remember i think it was like maybe 10 15 grand like it's not a small amount of money
2: yes yeah, no not a small amount of money and that's that is the most as you say it's just more and more sophistication um you'd kind of assume most people sort of think it when they're getting scammed or or catfished that it it is just someone you know with a bit of a love interest that you, you can kind of be like oh you've been a bit naive you know they you've sent some money to someone that you think
1: that you're, you know, you're in this relationship with, but that is that's next level. That because I think we all know to look out for if somebody asks you to send them, you know, a thousand pounds so they can buy a buy a plane ticket to see you. We all know that one is a classic catfishing. Don't do that. Don't send the money if you've yeah. never met them. But them using it to do the identity fraud thing. That's when I was like, oh my goodness, that's it. Just gets so scary and so easy to fall for yeah
2: i mean i i don't know like i know martin was talking about ai earlier and i know that i've i've seen tiktoks where people have been talking about um people have had like phone calls from the the relevant number like their their loved ones like i think a grandma got a call from her granddaughter and heard her granddaughter on the phone like crying but the per that someone else then said oh you know this is um I'm holding her hostage you need to send money this that and the other and she and she could hear her granddaughter scream and it wasn't till she had the sense I think she had someone else in the in the room with her and they said oh, they tried phoning the, the phone line and it obviously got through to the granddaughter she was at university and was like uh, what are you talking about I'm in my class and they were like oh my god and they realized that it was like a full-blown scam and I think so many of these more sophisticated techniques then kind of happen and it's it again it's it's all that they're trying to just get your money aren't they that's the whole purpose of it is to try and steal money from unsuspecting individuals and whether they're using uh emotional blackmail or actual black, you know or humiliation tactics it's just it's all the the end goal is just there just to, to take from you as much what they can
0: yeah, and I think that celebrity endorsement is always something that they, they try and get as much as possible. You see it, retired football players, retired rugby players, I saw it a lot in the city where they would target these individuals, retired cricket players, to come in and do you know talks to almost try and, because they've built up that trust factor with the client base, because people look up to them, it's much easier to sell them. Um, things that they don't understand and a lot of companies use the celebrity because the celebrity endorsement basically just encourages people to, to buy things they don't understand because they feel like they can trust the celebrity but the celebrity doesn't know anything about it and has been paid an enormous amount of money in order to do that whether it's an advert or whether it's a speech on behalf of a bitcoin agency or a, or a, or, a, or a share or a stock agency so I mean, it is effectively just, you have to be aware of that really that, you know, what's the likelihood that that celebrity has got a good background knowledge of what they're talking about? The the, the reality is that they have no idea what they're talking about yeah. in 99.9% of the circumstances. So just be aware. Thank you for joining us. That was your FFS Fast Finance Sorted fix. Um, the first 10 people to leave us a five-star review and tag us in a LinkedIn post, hashtag FFS Fast Finance Sorted. We'll get a cup of coffee on us. Today's episode has been sponsored by Reward Finance Group. Thanks for listening.